0: this is food this is beans so adrian pinter the batman matt reeves or as you call him continuously bat reeves Mm -hmm. the batman Mm -hmm. what did you think of this movie
1: oh simon let me tell you this movie was great we did a a uh fairly solid i would say review on our main show split focus film and tv podcast where we kind of dived into like a spoiler free you know broad review of the the whole thing and and both you and i episode 88 episode episode 88 check it out Great episode, fantastic episode, I would say, arguably our best. Um, and you know, we we talked about it on on more broad terms. So uh, in this conversation, we're not really going to break down an exact review. We're gonna we're gonna talk more so about specific spoilers that kind of jumped out to us. But uh, yeah, all in all, man, I, I freaking love this movie. I thought it was awesome, and it does some very unique and interesting things that I don't think any other Batman movie has done. And it, and it's this awesome detective. You know, murder mystery story that again I could I, I could recommend to literally anyone, super fan, superhero fan or not. But yeah, man, what did you think exactly?
0: Exactly, kind of what you said, well, with maybe some added flourishes. Uh, <laughs> Greg Fra- Fraser's uh, cinematography is unbelievable. The hair and makeup, the production design, uh, Michael Giacchino's score. Uh, the uh, we didn't mention this actually on episode 88, but the the use of the Nirvana song continuously throughout the the movie, which I appreciate, especially because Matt Reeves was listening to said song while he was literally making uh, the script, writing the screenplay for the movie. Mm-hmm. I, again, I just really appreciate that concept, with the fact that, of course, that Matt Reeves was saying that he thinks that Robert Pattinson's basically um, Kirk Cobain in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of was inspired by that concept of Kirk Cobain being this absolute legendary rock star, but also being a bit of a recluse that people didn't know a lot about. And so Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne is sort of inhabiting those kind of features from Kurt Cobain, with the added flourish of having, of course, something in the way from Nirvana playing in multiple scenes in the movie. And so, I, I, I don't know, it's, uh, it's, it's just so good. It, there's just so many good elements, Gotham City being a, a very distinct character, mm-hmm. the acting from Paul Dano and Colin Farrell and Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz, is just so good, again. Uh, again I said it most of it on 88 like episode 88 but uh now to get into some spoiler fare here Adrian I just want to say this is a spoiler cast we are literally gonna spoil the movie right now like in the next 30 seconds so if you've not watched the Batman and you intend to and you don't want to have this spoiled by two goofs on a podcast then do not listen any further and leave now and perhaps listen to our review on episode 88 hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, go watch the movie because it's awesome, and you don't know what you're missing out on. Sure. So, uh, Adrian, I just want to get right into the heart of it. Just right, I'm just gonna r- roll right to the end, just before the credits. Huh? Barry Keegan, as the Joker. Yeah. So, um, crazy, eh? Crazy. Yeah, that's
1: wild. Now, unfortunately, this was actually leaked a while ago by Barry Keegan himself.
0: It was. By, no, by Barry Keegan's brother, Eric Keegan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think Barry Keegan would have done that. I think uh, Eric Keegan, I oh, mean, I wonder if he got fined or something. That's really stupid. Like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was reading up on that. I was like, why did you do that? Yeah. There was like a really terrible like piece of concept art that went around, like not really concept art, but somebody just like mocked up Barry Keegan's face as the Joker. Mm-hmm. And that floated around. I think I'd seen that, but I completely forgot that that existed. Cause I thought that that was a joke because it was just so badly done. Mm-hmm. So I think that I didn't remember that. Did you remember that going in? Um,
1: that, that he was Joker. Um, yeah, I like, as I didn't. as soon as the ending happened and I like heard his voice, I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that being like a, a reveal. So like, Oh, okay, cool. I, I remembered it as soon as that scene started, I would say. Um, yeah, but at going through the movie, I totally forgot about it. Um,
0: I didn't remember until – I didn't remember at all, actually, until literally I looked looked up once, once I saw his credit, the credits roll, and it said unnamed, whatever, Arkham prisoner as his name, Barry Keegan in the credits. I was like, oh, I didn't really realize. Yeah. I completely just didn't realize. And it's funny because I don't know if you heard the people behind us. I did.
1: I was just about to say –
0: <laughs> it's so ridiculous. They kept repeating like "Was one guy's like, oh man, you got to watch Gotham now. You got to watch Gotham because this is clearly Cameron Monaghan from Bo- Gotham. Yeah. It's clearly him. It's like, no, it isn't. First of all, it doesn't sound anything like him. I know. <laughs> and it doesn't look like him when they showed him in the shadows. And it's like, why do you keep saying this? And then it literally rolled the credits and they kept saying yeah. it. <laughs> he kept talking <laughs> about it after and it's like, just pay attention. Those guys were annoying right from the beginning though, quite frankly, because if we were listening to the credits, this are not the credits, but like the trailers in the beginning before the movie started. Yeah. And they were just talking all the way through them, like really loudly. Like they were talking louder because the credits were like the trailers. Yeah. The, I keep saying credits, but the trailers kept playing louder because it's the movies about the start. But they kept, I'm like, they better not doing, do this during the movie. And I want to point out something, Adrian, because I said this the last time we went to go see like a big movie like this. And uh, we watched an eight o'clock regular showing. We did not go to Ultra AVX to watch this movie. And guess where the rowdy people were again?
1: In our friggin' theater, Simon.
0: Because we saw another movie, as we talked about on our podcast, we saw it Uncharted, mm-hmm. and that the people were very well behaved. Mm-hmm. I don't recall anyone doing that in Uncharted when we went to see it in Ultra AVX mm-hmm. um, like a few day- nights before. Just for clarity, I'm talking about the ridiculous concept that I introduced many weeks back in which I stated that if moviegoers are willing to spend the money on Ultra AVX or IMAX tickets, so they're generally a little bit more respectful of the moviegoing experience and they're a little bit less rowdy and talk less during the movie or not Susie C Kickers, if you will. Um, that's kind of what my theory was. We saw the Batman in a regular movie theater and the individuals behind us were the most rowdy in a theater that i've seen in a while so that's kind of the the theory the working theory that i'm talking about here yeah i don't know again is this the theory it's anecdotal no there's no like i don't have any like empirical evidence or some shit but i just find that those guys behind us were like kind of ridiculous um but they weren't throughout the movie so i, I appreciate that they weren't yeah. saying anything stupid throughout the movie so well, I can like, appreciate
1: that it's funny because like as soon as the movie finished as well they're just like oh yeah this isn't as good as the dark Knight movies like even Dark Knight Rises is better like they just immediately said that I'm like <laughs> yeah do, do you guys not find any enjoyment in anything it's just like yeah, why it's like so quick yeah I was like why do you have to compare it just like like the fucking thing for what it is again I know they're both Batman movies but it's Like, they're different in their own right. It's just...
0: Also, let it settle for a second. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) It Yeah, (laughs) Like,
0: geez louise.
1: Yeah, it's just like, as soon as the screen went black, like, this is worse than the Dark Knight trilogy. I'm like, oh my god.
0: Because Uh. I didn't realize that... I didn't know who it was. I didn't realize it was Barry Keegan until I saw the credits Mm roll. I didn't know that it wasn't Cameron Monaghan. I'm like, could it be Cameron Monaghan? And I'm like, that's not a good idea. The Gotham show is genuinely not good. Yeah. Like it's not okay. I shouldn't say that. It's it's not very. It's not amazing. it has so many flaws. It's yeah, yeah. It's serviceable for sure. It's flawed beyond belief. And Mm. one thing that that movie, actually that show, did well that the show on Fox, um, created by Bruno Heller, man. A flawed show, but uh, that that show it did well is actually kind of show Gotham as a character in a pretty good way for a network show. Actually, it didn't mm-hmm. do a bad job with that. I actually felt some of the Gotham vibes for the city, not as high production value clearly, mm-hmm. and not as nearly as good uh, like the actual cinematography for sure. But I, I could feel it a little bit, which I kind of appreciated. Um, but yeah, I was not really thinking that it was Cameron Monaghan, but I thought maybe they had, they had found that out as a leak. And I'm like, is it Cameron Monaghan? Cause that would be very weird. Yeah. But, uh, is Gotham worth seeing? No, <laughs> no, it is not. If you were uh-huh. going to like watch one show or another, I would say, don't watch that show. Like, yeah. like watch the Gotham PD show. That's about to come out theoretically, mm-hmm. which I'd like to ask you about. Maybe I should have brought that up on the regular podcast, but what do you think about that? Like going forward, the bat reason like what's going to happen with this? Like, it, it is i feel like you're going a little overboard in my opinion just to before i Mm -hmm. throw it to you i just wonder about penguin show being a thing and the gotham pd like slow it down is my kind of first instinct i don't know if you need this many shows right away maybe lead into the penguin like way later maybe they're just announcing it but it will be way later i don't know Mm -hmm. what do you what's your feeling i'm excited for it but i'm very curious like The Batman was such an important part too for these mysteries. Is he just Mm going to be in the Gotham PD show with Jeffrey Wright? Like,
1: I would like that to be the case. I don't know. It's interesting. I think, like, I'm definitely excited for it as well. I think, I think this is going to be sweet, like having these additional shows. But I I tend to agree with you. Is like, do we need them to right right away? And I think kind of the answer to that is like, how long is going to be the in between between you know the Batman and the sequel like how many years have passed in that universe and if we're you know watching this gotham pd show to um you know flesh out those few years to see you know how gotham is changing or or even the penguin show uh because i assume it's going to be about him taking over you know like as the crime boss after falcone uh gets killed you know like it's it 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 kind of depends on that because i don't want it to be like Oh yeah, the the Penguin show is happening at the exact same time as the the Batman movie is out, and it's just kind of like a side sort of story. I want it to, at the very least, set up, you know, what the universe might be once we get to this sequel movie, if that makes sense. You know, have Penguin yeah. as an established like crime boss by the time we get to you know ep- uh, the the second movie, and you know maybe we're seeing in the Gotham PD show, uh, you know. Commissioner uh, – or sorry, Gordon becoming the commissioner, and that's kind of what that show's about. So once we get to Batman 2, it's like, okay, cool. Penguin's the crime boss. Uh, Gordon's the commissioner now, and let's proceed from here sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. I'm curious. Like, I can't remember now. What year was the Gotham PD show supposed to take place in? Because for some reason mm. I had this thought that it was supposed to be year one. For oh, you might be right. Actually, I can't remember, but I'm looking it up, like literally while you're talking here, because because mm-hmm. when you said it's going to be segueing to the next movie, although you were saying the Penguin will be when I, which I imagine might be. So actually, if they take place in different timelines, then it doesn't matter, and that actually could be the distinct difference because that was my confusion. Like, why, mm-hmm. why would you do two? Like, it's still Gotham, and Penguin's obviously going to be a big part of the influence of the Go, like of Gotham PD. Obviously, they're going to be dealing with Penguin constantly. So why have him? in both but maybe it's because it's before batman slightly not doing the gotham move like fox's gotham where you literally go back before he puts the cape and cowl on and the line that bruno heller used in the his press tour for when that show was about to come out was by the time the show ends batman will just be putting his cape and cowl on which is just a dumb concept in theory but whatever stupid but it'd be cool if the gotham pd show maybe penguins only a limited series and the gotham pd show could actually continue past yeah. year one and it maybe it'll be year three or something after the second movie it'd be kind of a cool thing if they can start inter like i'm gonna say interlapping but that's definitely not a word overlapping together it'd be cool but yeah. uh yeah i'm excited for this whole universe because i if they could do kind of the quality that peacemaker is I agree, yeah. In that it's so good, and uh, you obviously watched uh, Geary Hadji, which is like Joe Barton's series, which mm-hmm. Joe Barton is now the showrunner, uh, who and Matt Reeves is helping Joe Barton, but ultimately Joe Barton is kind of I think feel like the head of that Gotham PD series. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I feel like he can do a really good job because Geary Hadji is just so well re- like reviewed mm-hmm. and regarded, and uh, I think the gary hadji's not on a network that's got as much clout or or, or money as hbo yeah. has oh, do you remember what gary hadji was like what network
1: is on i don't know it was technically it's technically like a Netflix original for like distribution, but I'm not too sure. Let me find out for you.
0: Yeah, not all the Netflix series have as much money. Like I feel like every single, pretty much Apple TV Plus and HBO series have like amazing budgets. Like they just don't seem to have, it almost seems like they don't have a, <laughs> like a ceiling Yeah. almost in some capacity.
1: So Geary Hadji was um, on BBC Two.
0: Yeah. So that they don't always have the best budgets. Although BBC creates some great content, like- like a lot of the time it's surprising how good some of their content is but yeah um yeah that's cool so yeah i'm excited for that i'm just curious what you thought but uh to move back into this so barry keegan um barry keegan's blowing up hey man he's mm-hmm. just uh he's killing it i don't know how i feel about barry keegan as joker but honestly i don't want to judge it because everyone prejudged heath ledger and it was just stupid and actually people were just judging Robert Pattinson like like that was really dumb too although we had a pretty good perspective that whatever Robert Pattinson's going to do is going to be really good just based on our or like us watching him in the lighthouse and uh, mm-hmm. our favorite movies, Twilight. Yeah. Um, so
1: I don't know. I'm fairly confident with Barry Keegan because I, I quite like him as an actor. I haven't seen him in much. I watched him in, you know, obviously the Eternals last year, and I really like his acting in that movie and, and his character in that movie. But the first time I think I saw him was when I watched The Killing of a Sacred Deer a while yeah. ago. Yeah. And he's freaking amazing in that. And it's he plays a very unsettling character in that movie.
0: Just kind of. That might have been where, uh, honestly, Matt Reeves has seen him. That would be my yeah. guess. Because if you think about it too, like the reason why Matt Reeves also wanted Robert Pattinson is because he saw again a more, a little bit more, uh, I was gonna say discreet, but like a obscure maybe movie he saw was uh, good, good Time. Good Time, yeah. And which is kind of Killing of a Secret Deer. A deer, like, um, what's it, the guy, the director's name? Yeah, yard, Lard, Lard, uh, yard last i don't know i'm butchering it he did like the lo- um uh, yeah. killing he did the lobster as well with yeah. colin farrell which also explains a little bit of the connection of colin farrell being in this too mm-hmm. so I, I, I do think that there's a connection with that um yargo yargos lanthimos yargos Yorgos, yargos lanthimos i butchered his name badly i think i said yargimos that's <laughs> like mm-hmm terrible anyways i shouldn't have started guessing regardless yeah and you you talked about that at the time i don't think we talked about this on a podcast we talked about how much you love that movie and how creepy it is
1: yeah it's incredibly unsettling
0: i remember i remember you talking about how much uh yeah i always intended to watch this uh like Anthemos is like filmography because I, I know it's very unique. Like, I always intended to watch The Lobster as an example.
1: Mm-hmm. And then he did and, The Farewell, which I think was an Oscar nominated best picture movie, too. Oh, was it The Farewell? No, I'm mixing that up. Uh,
0: no, 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 not The Farewell. Sorry, you're talking about the movie with uh, Aquafino. No, he didn't do The Farewell.
1: The favorite, sorry. The favorite.
0: Oh, yeah. The favorite. Oh, wait. Hold on. He did The Favorite? Mm hmm. Yeah. That Oscar nominated Oh, movie. yeah. It was. Yeah. With. Um, What's her name? I'm losing all my names now, so I have no idea. Olivia
1: <laughs> Coleman and Emma Stone, I think.
0: Yeah, Olivia Coleman and Emma Stone and Rachel we- Weisz. But anyway, okay, we're, we're going off track here. Point is, you think he'll be good then. You have a good, good hope for it, interestingly.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely.
0: And then there's the question, so just getting off of that a little bit, is he going to be the next villain? And I have a feeling no, actually. Yeah. I think yeah, that I- they just pepper him in, that they slowly develop him into this villain over time through the Mm -hmm. second movie and then make him potentially the third villain. I don't know if you really want to end on the Joker though. It would be nice if he was pulling some strings in the second film, Mm -hmm. but Matt Reeves specifically said that there was actually uh, another scene prior to the scene that was shown in the movie. He cut it out intentionally because he felt like it didn't work in the confines of his movie. And it was supposed to be uh, a scene in which it was almost like, it's almost like the movie, the silence of the lambs. It was supposed Mm -hmm. to be, uh, Batman going into Arkham to talk to this Joker-like character unnamed, unnamed Arkham Asylum Prisoner. He's supposed to go there and he's supposed to talk to him for a perspective on the Riddler so he could catch him. Mm. That was what the scene was. He had that scene. He he shot it. It's already done. And there's more of a perspective of who he is because they shoot um, him in like this dark, shadowy environment. But he says a lot more and there's a lot more to the scene. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, and Matt Reeves was basically saying that the reason why he put the last scene in the movie in the end, because he almost cut that out as well, is because it actually informs the ending of the movie where Batman and Catwoman are talking on that like bridge area before they go separate ways, by the way, which was a great shot, and I, I predicted it was going to happen, but when they get on their motorcycles and they go the opposite directions mm-hmm. – the tunnel i thought that was brilliant i was like oh i know what i know what he's doing here i know what reeves is doing as soon as they got on a motorcycle i'm like he's guaranteed making them go down a single road and then they're gonna go they're gonna go their separate ways the opposite direction when they hit the the like the the t t shape like the next road but anyways um the thing that batman and catwoman are talking about on that area was she's basically saying come with me like this place is never going to change the reason why that's so informed as a scene and and he was explaining that that works is because of the fact that the previous scene was riddler talking to this potential joker Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: the fact that they're talking about how they're just like teaming up and they're like it's just a madhouse and that that's the kind of the concept of why he left the scene in there because without that scene it's like okay i guess things could go back to normal or whatever normal is in gotham Mm -hmm. and so that was that was his reasoning which i think is kind of neat but uh yeah that uh, was a long winded question for you Uh five hour question. Hopefully you didn't fall asleep there, Adrian. I was asking you, do you think that Joker will be the next villain?
1: Um, I don't think so. I think, yeah, like you said, I think he'll be like, kind of like sprinkled throughout uh, this trilogy. And then maybe in that last one, it'll be like, he, he's, you know, the mastermind or whatever. And, and be at the forefront who I would like to see as the next villain that I don't think we've, I mean, I guess we have seen it um, in like, Bat
0: was it? Batman forever or some shit with um, Gotham um, with, oh was he in gotham every every villain's in gotham gotham is uh, basically about the rogue gallery but i know it, it's funny we're i'm predicting what you're gonna say before you say it let's just probably give context
1: it is mr freeze i would love that yeah. um and i think you can do at least in this universe it seems very grounded and stuff and i think you can do a lot of emotional storytelling with this and make him a very interesting and um you know sympathize with this villain and I, I would love to see that be the next one, honestly, because uh, I think they do a really good job with Mr. Freeze in um, uh, the Arkham games, for one, um, as well as uh, uh, the Telltale Batman series.
0: Um, yeah, that's but, a kind of a weird-looking villain, though. That's the yeah. problem with it is he's not grounded, <laughs> as all the villains are. Probably Poison Ivy and Mister Freeze are probably the most not grounded, or maybe Man Bat. I guess Man Bat's pretty Killer Croc. Killer Croc is pretty w- nuts too. But there's like a yeah. lot more, a lot of more grounded, a lot of other grounded, uh, more grounded mm-hmm. villains. I think that's also why they jump to the Joker a lot mm-hmm. too. Yeah, um, I, I like I was reading certain websites and they were all kind of saying, "Ah, oh, why are you doing the Joker again? We've seen the Joker so many times. I don't want to see the Joker. And it's like I kind of do still want to see the Joker. Yeah, me too. I know. I know that this is something that is theoretically overdone, but it's not really because the Joker could be is has taken many forms. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. It's neat.
1: Yeah. Again, I I think one of the highlights of the Telltale Batman series as well is is what they do with the Joker you know, the character of John Doe in that series. And and I love like that creative sort of aspect, almost like a a team up between these two characters in in that game. And again, I'm I'm curious what you can do with that in this movie. Like I would love, uh, the one thing I love about this movie as well is like throughout it, the Riddler is, you know, talking to Batman and you realize that he thinks that he's actually working with Batman, that they are a team. And then when the reveal happens, you know, Batman actually talks to the Riddler and he's like, no man, you're fucking insane. Like, I'm not working with you. And, you know, uh, Paul Dano does such an amazing job in that scene where he's just like, no, 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 no. Like, this isn't the way it should have happened, blah, 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 blah. Like, I thought that was super impactful. Um,
0: yeah, that could have gone awry. That could have been, that come off as cheesy. But because it's Paul Dano, though, it's just yeah. the way he did that. You could feel that he wasn't faking it. And that's the mm-hmm. beauty of it. Well, obviously, he's faking it. He's an actor. But yeah. I, I mean, like, it felt real. And that's the, that wasn't, yeah, you're right. It was impactful, but I feel like that could have easily been not impactful. Mm-hmm. It could have easily been very hokey because this camera pretty much is trained on him. It barely moves. So that's a really good call out. But yeah. that's just, yeah, an awesome scene.
1: Yeah, like, I don't know. I'm I'm really in love with this universe and kind of what they set up.
0: I should point out just before we get too far off track from what you were just talking about. The John Doe in the Telltale games, of course, uh, I think we mentioned this on episode 88, but the Telltale Mm -hmm. game series is like a a video game series, but it's more narrative focused. You make choices Mm -hmm. for Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman. Telltale game where Batman uh, teams up with John Doe and they kind of seem like they're friends. If you think about what I just talked about just moments ago, Matt Reeves wanted him to literally go to Arkham Asylum and work with him. Yeah. To try and take down the Riddler. So he might maybe I wonder if Matt Reeves has played the Telltale game.
1: I, I imagine he does did.
0: I'm curious yeah. if he's got that perspective. Just because that, that's an interesting concept because he's starting in the same place that John Doe does in the Telltale game, too. And that mm-hmm. John John Doe is not like on the street to start, he's in the asylum, which is an interesting spot to start the Joker, which is not where Nolan started him. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a cool idea because in, in, in Nolan's Dark Knight, uh it's basically Heath Ledger's joker's just on the street. He's just we don't know where he came from. It's a mystery.
1: He just shows up.
0: Yeah. It's kind of really neat. I am very curious.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm sold on this universe and I'm excited to see where it goes. And again, I, I love the grand nature. I love that that detective aspect, which we talked about, you know, just how they figure out all these clues and how Batman is like, you know, two steps ahead of all of these like police officers and all of these detectives. Even Gordon, you know, when he's just like Uh, when they're when they figure out like the cipher and it says drive and then they go into like the garage and he's just like okay um finds like uh he's just like oh drive like is there a usb port in the car and they open like the you know center console there's a usb stuck in it with a with the thumb attached and he's like thumb drive. I'm like, fuck, man, that's brilliant. It's just like these yeah. little things that is set up and I'm like... The most ah.
0: common line Jeffrey writes Gordon says consistently is Jesus. Yeah. I, I, he says it so often. I think it's like, it's kind of interesting. Is me, his, like, I feel like if you counted how many times he says the word Jesus is the most mm. that he said of any other word.
1: Yeah. I really love this rendition of Gordon as well. And again, the relationship between him and Batman is just fucking awesome, dude. And again, Gordon even just... like I just love how he says like. Like man all the time like he like finishes like he's like what are you doing man yeah just things like that it's just these little things where it's just i know he seems like so grounded in in reality and it's like i guess like you kind of would be reacting like that it's like what are you doing man you know
0: there's this moment at the at like near the three-quarter mark where he specifically says to batman he's like i don't trust anyone but you and i was like oh man that that somehow hit me a little bit i was like oh that's it's kind of beautiful like they're almost friends in this like really cool way and I just really appreciated that um, quite a bit. Yeah.
1: So yeah, it's like I. It, it's just like I don't even know who you are, man. <laughs> like even that, yeah. That
0: line, but then again, after he finds out more and more about the case and realizes that the only one who's straight shooting, like for, for the most part, is yeah. is the uh, the Batman. It's kind of neat. But he does initially, yeah. In the beginning, he's like, I don't even know who you are, man. Yeah. Even give me you your name. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's just uh, yeah, it's really really good. And th- there's another part that I want to point out that just really stuck with me, and I don't know why it came up in my mind uh, this morning. At some point, I was just like, "Oh man, that what a crazy scene that was," and it's the scene in which, uh, you, actually, you just talked about it. Batman goes to see the Riddler, and he starts freaking out. But before he starts freaking out, he's talking to the Batman and it's the scene is just so well written and so well performed, but he keeps saying Bruce Wayne as if he's telling him that he's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And he knows he's going into this trap where he thinks that he's going to be revealed as being like Bruce Wayne, being the Batman who's going to blow his cover. And he thinks that's what's going to happen. But mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne does. And he goes there anyways on the request of the Riddler to go visit him in jail. And he's standing there and he doesn't say anything. And then his shoulders suddenly perk up when he, Riddler uses the word he, as opposed to you. Mm-hmm. To describe the Batman and Bruce Wayne, and I just think that that is kind of awesome. I don't know I there's something about that scene and the way it was shot so slowly and deliberately and the way it was t- the time was taken to make it it's just so good. This is like a this is a, like a very high level. I really do appreciate this because again there's this again, this is a three hour movie out of the gate for the start of this trilogy. Like I almost, Mm -hmm. I I almost don't understand. I almost wish they could go further than three, maybe make it four movies. Cause I don't know how you can potentially incorporate the Joker and really tell a compelling tale. If you're going to maybe make the Joker the main villain, like he kind of is in a lot of Batman stories, but maybe Mm -hmm. they won't, maybe they'll just do something else. But um, I just, again, that scene and that dynamic, as you pointed Mm -hmm. out of him almost being an accomplice to the Riddler Mm -hmm. And him just getting pissed off that he thinks that's the case after he realizes that he doesn't know. Thank God that he's that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Mm -hmm. I just, um, yeah, man, so good, super good.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, you talked on episode eighty eight as well. Like, you know, Batman is is kind of he's new to the new to like this whole Batman thing. You know, he's only two years in, and you know, makes these like off decisions um, or odd decisions. But yeah, like honestly, there's there's like the one like near the end of the movie he literally gets blasted in the chest with a fucking shotgun oh
0: yeah, yeah. the number of like, times oh. he's shot man it's crazy he, i
1: agree it's, just, it's crazy like, and
0: he just keeps taking it and i'm that's why i'm hoping i said this on 88 but i'm, I'm hoping that he starts to get better and more mature and like he's less likely to get hit because it's just too much like he gets hit so many times and he goes down way too many times if he didn't have the allies he had he would not have survived
1: yeah, I agree. And again, like he he, he said, it makes sense though, because, you know, he even says like, I don't care if I die. Like, like this isn't about me. He's just, he's just trying to fix Gotham. And if he dies in the process, whatever, who cares? And yeah. again, yeah, he's like this reckless Batman. And I like, you know, at the end of the movie when he's essentially like, oh, this like city doesn't need justice, like or vengeance, it needs hope. So I think we yeah. are going to get a more, you know, um, intelligent Batman, not, not as reckless, I guess I should say.
0: Yeah. Um, Matt Reeves described it, I think, as that before the movie, like I think week before or something. Somebody did. They were saying that he's the probably the more, one of the more reckless, like, mm-hmm. like crazy Batman, Batman that we've seen so far, and that he's just yeah. he's a little bit unhinged as uh, as Alfred seems to point out a little bit. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's 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 super interesting. Now I have a question for you. So that scene where he gets shot with the shotgun and he's like lying down, yeah. He, like, has this green tube that he injects himself with.
0: Yeah, adrenaline? Was my, my
1: immediate thought, I was like, yeah, maybe that's adrenaline. But is that, do you think that might be Bane's venom? No. You don't think so? Because Bane, you know, like, usually in the comics and stuff, it's always, like, this green liquid. he injects himself with to get like you know super strong and like it's essentially adrenaline but like makes him a little crazy and you know he injects himself with it gets up and then just like nearly kills the guy because he's just so riled up that was my first thought uh personally
0: well you would do that if you had adrenaline like adrenaline kick yeah i think that 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 would be what would have happened anyways because he was already kind of riled up but he just couldn't move yeah i think he just when he like injected himself i think they just made a green like for effect like it's probably his own cocktail that he created so that mm-hmm. like it i don't know it, he wants it to be safe to use in field probably i don't yeah. think it's the venom because it's like that's like that's a whole other level mm-hmm. but uh do you do you think that or are you just playing devil's advocate i'm curious
1: no no that, that was like my initial thought the only thing that would kind of like hold me back from oh like it's the it's bane's venom is like do you really want to want to want a step on that again like and, and go like that nolan route because we're, we're already touching on you know the joker possibly catwoman and then if you bring in bane that's like three of the or, you know two of the uh, two of the three main antagon i guess four main antagonists of like the nolan trilogy and then obviously catwoman as well as in dark Knight Rises those too.
0: are kind of important villains though like catwoman's yeah. super important i feel like so that was a good one to throw in right away i i appreciate the start how he's starting this matt reeves is because of the fact that he's pulling in a lot of these villains right away. The, the mm-hmm. issue I think that Nolan had in the end of his trilogy is that he didn't set up enough villains that like Bane couldn't let really anybody out of Arkham. He can mm-hmm. only let out Scarecrow because he's the only one really around. That was also obviously because of Heath Ledger. but Yeah, passing away, unfortunate. Yeah, I think that that was a, a, kind of an unfortunate situation that he couldn't play off the rogues gallery as much as he could have. Like He never did the Penguin. He never did Riddler at all. And Mm -hmm. that was kind of a disappointing thing because I feel like Penguin's an easier one to do in that kind of grounded Nolan, like Batman verse. So it's um, even the Riddler can be, if you do it appropriately, like this Paul Baldano Riddler was Mm -hmm. pretty grounded for sure. But uh, that's kind of an issue is like, again, Bane goes to let out people out of like Blackgate and Arkham, and then there's like one guy.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's (laughs) It's like, okay, cool. (laughs) Literally just one dude.
0: I I guess that's fine it's just yeah. kind of disappointing like they brought back i guess Ra- uh racial ghoul but it's like pretty he's not really in it because he's yeah. kind of gone so yeah that's the thing for me i, I don't know it's an interesting one um but like i wonder about that whole thing because bane and like the i really like the nightfall comic line mm-hmm. and where where bane lets out like everyone out of arkham and it just causes so much shit and batman's like torn to pieces Torn mm-hmm. like he torn. I was gonna say torn asunder, and then I said, <laughs> pieces" seems stupid. But anyway, he was torn in pieces. Like he was just like pour, torn in multiple directions to, to try and put everyone and roll them all back up. And then by yeah. the end of it, he goes to fight Bane, and his back gets like snapped. He just mm-hmm. like snaps him over his knee, kind of like he did in this uh, in in Dark Knight Rises, I should say. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I almost kind of want to see that, but I know that that would literally be closest to the, too close to the Nolan trilogy. So it's probably not a good idea to go that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree but, with
1: you. But yeah.
0: Um, there, actually there's one
1: scene in particular when, uh, Batman is going through like the nightclub the first time. I love how he just like walks to, up to the front door of the nightclub and he's like, I'm here to see Penguin and yeah. <laughs> like and they're like Good. ah dude you're not getting in here and he just walks through and starts beating the shit out of everyone but there's like i i, I pointed this out to ken and uh, when we were sitting in the movie theater there's this one scene where there he's like walking down the stairs and it's literally it looks identical to the same like staircase that uh bane and batman fight in the dark knight rises where like bane actually breaks his back i was like oh man this this looks exactly like that thing and ken was like oh yeah it kind of does um so i don't know if that was like a direct little like reference or a a, a nod to that movie but that's one thing i picked up on there Hmm. um one other thing i want to mention that i really loved about this movie just real quick um is the scene when batman you know punches um Gordon in the police station. You know, they're having that conversation. Gordon's like, All right, you're going to have to punch me in the face. Here's the key. Like, get out of here. Again, I love the relationship they have in this movie. And he, like, runs up, punches Gordon, runs out of the police station, and he's at the top, and the police are, like, chasing after him. And he puts on this, like, wingsuit of sorts. It's, like, this, like, little wingsuit, which I really, really liked. And you can tell that he's, like, you know, he's still Batman, but he's nervous. He's like, Oh, I don't think I've used this before. And, like, jumps down and like flies and then like unloads his like parachute like just before it falls and then he gets like hooked on like a bridge and he just eats shit like when he pulled
0: honestly when he pulled the parachute there i'm like that's the worst place to pull that but i guess it's like it's like a split second decision like it you're going through already a tunnel and it's like you're probably not going to make it the tunnel was in a bad spot for him Mm -hmm. so yeah like that's the crazy thing is that nolan's Christian Bale Batman was never that inexperienced. He seemed to make good choices, like throughout, like in terms of tactical choices. Yeah. Very often he made pretty good strategic moves. Not necessarily against Bane, but that's just because he was an older Batman at that point. Mm -hmm. But in Dark Knight, like Dark Knight and Batman Begins, he was kind of a little bit smarter in some aspects. He'd made some mistakes, but not like that. And he just. He rolls like he hits the ground and he like he just keeps rolling. And it's like, man, he's how is he gonna get up from that? It's a <laughs> tough one,
1: but uh, I, just, I just love how he does get up, but he's like essentially just like limping away. And it's like, oh man, he just ate shit there.
0: Yeah, it's great. Again, it's cool how human he is. That's what mm-hmm. I loved about Batman from the beginning. That's what I, my favorite thing about Batman is, is the, the fact that it's just this human man who has no superpowers, who literally is just pushed based on force of will. And that's my favorite thing. It's so cool that he's able to do that. Sure, he's got billions of dollars, but that doesn't matter when you're in a gunfight. It just doesn't make a difference at that point because you're not using guns. You refuse to kill people for obvious reasons. And uh, that was another theme that they that they made sure to touch on in this movie as well. It didn't like forget about that. That would have been kind of disappointing if, if they went to, like the Zack Snyder route mm-hmm. of like, you know, I didn't intentionally kill anybody yeah. type situation. <laughs> But they didn't do that here. They clearly made that a theme as well with uh, Zoe Kravitz's Batwoman, and I appreciate that too. Catwoman, yeah. What did I say? Batwoman. A Batwoman? That was so yeah. dumb. You silly goose. That was a dumb thing to say. Anyway, Catwoman. Yeah, anyway. And then John Turturro is so good as Falcone. Mm-hmm. And that whole mystery and the way they did the riddles with like the um, Ostrada ladder or whatever it was, mm-hmm. with the – I can't, I think I said it wrong, whatever. But regardless, that was such a neat idea. I'm trying to figure this out the whole time. And um, yeah, it's really good. The one thing I want to touch on just before we wrap this guy up, this uh, Close to Look episode for sure. And I know we'll think of a million other things as soon as we wrap this up as well. But definitely, there is also the concept of like the city being flooded. And this is a thing that I kind of wonder about. And I, I turned to my brother at the end of the movie and I'm like, how do they recover from that? Like, how do you, how do you, be, like, is it water world now? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. How do you fix this? Can you unflood a city when you they- break the, like, the, the storm walls, like the, the, like the seawall? Like, I don't, can you? I don't know.
1: What did they do in New Orleans?
0: Did New Orleans completely get flooded?
1: I think so. I don't know. I wasn't there during the hurricane Katrina or
0: whatever. Oh, or hurricane. Yeah. It's true. I wonder if it just kind of – yeah, it's a good point when cities get flooded like that. I wonder how – maybe it just happens over time. Mm -hmm. Was it unflooded by the end of the movie when Batwoman – I said Batwoman again. Am I insane? When Catwoman and when Selena Kyle – let's just go there. Selena Kyle and Bruce Wayne, they're going their separate ways. Was it Uh, flooded still and this was higher ground in Gotham City? Is that what this was?
1: Yeah, I think it was just higher ground in Gotham City because I think there's still a shot of Gotham being – like the, the majority of it being flooded at the end yeah. of the movie, if I recall correctly. Maybe, maybe I'm misremembering it. But
0: I don't know if that was at the end. I think that was after. I think that, mm-hmm. that Catwoman, Is- the Selena Kyle Batman scene was after.
1: Yeah, you might be right. I don't
0: know. Because it was one of the last scenes of this entire movie. And again, it was so slow. I really appreciate how slow he shot that. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like he let them drive all the way down the road. By the way, I think there's like – Almost a mirror scene or something very similar as well in the Telltale game series. Yeah, I just realized that. Yeah, there is because Catwoman and uh, Batman are working together in that too, and they've got the same kind of interesting antagonistic and not antagonistic relationship where they're again there's the sexual chemistry and all that. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. I, the sort of again that that Telltale's game series is quite good. Like I really I appreciate that, yeah. the the plot in that. But uh, he mu- I feel like he must have played that because there are certain definitely. elements that are just not that I'm saying he copied it at all. I just feel like he took some kind of like the, some of the magic of that and yeah. obviously some of the magic from many other things to make this make this movie. But yeah, no,
1: definitely. And again, like even the Arkham games, like the, the scenes where he's just like punching people off like the ledges. But every time they're falling, they're not falling to their death. Like they're just hung up on a, like a little rope and stuff like that um i really love that too like when he's on the bleachers at the you know at the uh, end of the movie and he's just fucking those people up and just like punching them off like ledges but all of them just are hanging there you know like by like something attached to their foot to those not, not bleachers i guess like those rafters or whatever again um i think i think bat reeves definitely took inspiration from uh, both those games but definitely telltale um, batman which i really Wait, like
0: sorry what was the connection with the being attached to rope and telltale i don't remember that
1: no not not telltale in the arkham games
0: oh i yeah, i like, i thought that that was closer to um like the dark knight because there's that scene in the the building in which batman like oh, goes yeah, swoops good. in and then he attaches them with ropes and like pulls them through the floor
1: yeah that's that's a good point too yeah i guess that's a common thing it is fucking
0: cool. That was a badass scene. That was such a good man. Dark, the Dark Knight is a masterpiece. Just to say, like I know we talk really highly about this movie. I want I don't. I don't know if I would pick one or the other. Like mm-hmm. I really like this movie, but the, the Dark Knight is genuinely a, like a masterpiece. This is like a masterfully built movie from the first shot of that glass being blown out of the the, the building, mm-hmm. and then showing like the Joker standing there in the middle of the like the street, waiting for the the light to change. I, I just. There's just, just. again, a lot of magic. in that film but there's a lot of magic in this movie and agree. uh, yeah i'm so interested to see what matt reeves does next me too genuinely
1: Uh, i'm very excited um me too man uh real quick just before we wrap up there's there's one thing that i actually didn't like about the movie it's just one really small thing okay yeah yeah and i don't like how they changed edward nigma's name to edward nelson nashton nashton uh, like, when they did that, I was like, oh, man, that kind of sucks. It's annoying. I, I I don't know why you had to change that. It's just like, just keep it, Enigma. Again, it's a little nitpick, but that was the one thing that, when when it happened, I was like, I don't like that. But other than that.
0: I wonder, what was the reasoning? I don't know.
1: Maybe because, like, Nashton actually seems like a last name, whereas Enigma doesn't really seem like a normal last name. And we're in a grounded universe, but
0: I don't know. I'm, I'm looking just briefly. I just typed it in. Screen Rant said something like, why Matt Reeves' movie uses Riddler's original name. Oh. I mean, it's his original name. And their answer quickly here, and I think I'm not going into the full article, but they're saying it's, it's meant to make him more humanizing. Like, it's a take on the Dark Knight as, that makes it as grounded as possible. Mm, fair enough. That was what they're looking for. Because the Edward like Enigma is like a it, little ridiculous. It's a little on the nose. But I know. It's something that I like. It's literally on the nose. <laughs> I, I can appreciate that. that 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 uh, I don't know if that's the original name. I'd have to look into it a little bit more. But I'm sure Kenneth is like yelling at his phone right now. <laughs> he's like, it is! It's his original name! Or it's like, no, it's not. I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what you're thinking, Kenneth. I don't know Ken, what you're Ken, what thinking. are you thinking? Message me
1: right now so I can say it on the podcast.
0: For those who don't know, Kenneth Stadelbauer is a individual who writes into our podcast on a weekly basis and we appreciate him very much okay adrian anything else you want to mention i love this movie Uh, okay yeah me too i love it too and i think we should see it again probably it's a good idea and i'm sure right after we've done this again there'll be something we did not mention that we should have but again can't stress enough that the cinematography just again the flare shot is just uh it's ingrained in my brain that flare shot. And that flare shot, by the way, just to completely not close this podcast, <laughs> the flare shot is like, uh, it's, it's exactly that kind of idea of him becoming a beacon of hope, of him reaching down and pulling those people out of the rubble. Instead of just terrifying people and earning his respect in that regard to make criminals afraid of him, he decided to change his tactic, which again will leach into the rest of the films. Also, what am I insane? I didn't mention this on the regular podcast. He narrates this movie. Oh yeah, fuck, dude! I totally forgot that? about that. Yeah, that's so stupid. And it, actually, it. it's funny. It, There's a some some the articles online are mentioning that like this movie is kind of almost funny. Funnily enough, it's kind of similar to. Ah, uh, the Joker movie in its style, and people kind of thought, "Oh, it's kind of a missed opportunity. Why not have Joaquin Phoenix in in this as the Joker?" But I, I don't really care about that part. But my mm-hmm. idea is here that that movie, the Joker, was kind of similar to Taxi Driver, and honestly, this movie is kind of similar to Taxi Driver in some aspects because he's narrating, because mm-hmm. he's just kind of this kind of unhinged guy. <laughs> no, not as unhinged as tax- the Taxi Driver character. That guy's whoo. <laughs> Not, we're not way crazier um in a lot of ways but uh there's this idea of this kind of unhinged person like narrating his life in this very deliberate and slow way and i i appreciate that use of the narration it's kind of a neat take because i don't think we've ever seen that before in a live action batman film i mean so he narrates at the beginning of the movie and at the end and i really liked it i, I thought it was cool um
1: but I agree completely. I totally forgot about that. That's something I wanted to mention because I, I really like that too.
0: It's, it's unique. Yeah, it's a neat design choice. Like it's a neat design choice. It kind of was jarring for me in the beginning. I was like, I don't know if I like this, but I think by the end of it, I think I I do enjoy it. And the concept again of him saying at the end, I'm, you know, I realized my mistake. Like mm-hmm. I'm not just vengeance. Like I can't just be known as venge- some, some symbol of vengeance. It's not what I must be. I must be a symbol of hope as you alluded yeah. to earlier. So yeah. Okay. Now I'm really wrapping this podcast up. Thank you, Adrian, for joining me. I appreciate you talking to me about the Batman. I mean, I could talk about it all night. I feel like it's lots of other things I could bring up randomly, but I'm not going to because I got to, we got to wrap this up at some point. And so Adrian, I say to you, thank you. And thank you to the audience. Have a good night. Take care or day. Goodbye. Bye.